How's everybody doing this morning? Great. You got some of the um, the best teaching pastors, I think, in our country in this church. And uh, both Jared McKenna, who I love very dearly, he's a good, good friend. I love his dreadlocks. I was sad when he cut them off. That was a heresy right there. And uh, Tara, and there's so many different other people. But I'm just so blessed to be here with you this morning. Uh, if you can take your Bibles, if you've got one, or your device, and just turn to Psalm 98. I've just come back from Africa. I was telling uh, Sister Faye probably about three and a half weeks ago. I came back from Uganda, and uh, it was amazing to watch the, you know, the praise and the the spirit of praise of these people who have so little in, when it comes to material things, and yet they have so much more than we do. Um, and when you see young kids as as young as you know six and seven years old who don't have any parents just kneeling down on the ground crying out to God in prayer fervently passionately it makes me question a lot of what we do in our western European contexts and so I hope that you are okay with being provoked this morning because I have come to do just that Um, I'm not I'm definitely a down-to-earth preacher but I'm also a provocative individual and I have come to agitate you one thing I do know about the prophetic is that the prophetic actually comes to agitate and disrupt your comfort zones and if we sit in comfort I would say this that our comfort is killing us Um, I'm not against having good things I don't think God is against all those sort of things but at the same time I think there's a balance in us realizing that there's more going on in the world than just our own backyard can anybody say amen to that? And I think you guys know what's happening a lot of the time because you've got people who are very much orientated towards being activists for justice, for hope, for the oppressed, for those sort of people. Um, can I encourage you as a church that, you know, one of the things that I think gives church uh, life is the, the spirit of invitation. And, you know, there's more people that should be in here. Not because you want to be big. That's, I know your pastor, trust me, that's not her, her ticket, okay? But because other people want this more than you can possibly imagine. Community is probably one of these things that's really absent in so many ways, and so, pe- so many people are hungry for it. Myself and Nathan both work for an organization called Alter One, and we see this need for community in the lives of young people, in their parents, and in so many different places. You know, for me, I know personally the community of the church, this gathering of people, um, actually was the very thing that saved my life. I would be dead in a grave, literally, if it was not for people who love Christ and are faithful and go after Him with all their hearts. I know I would have been gone. I'm telling you right now, the lunch after church, that saved me too. Because when you guys eat together, I was always blessed. In fact, I came for the lunches first and then Jesus after. But it was beautiful. So, um, you know, for me, for some of you, like my journey began, you know, nearly 20 years ago. And I was not interested in church at all. I had no interest in the church. I thought that everybody that came to one was something that I can't say now publicly. And 
I did not have any regard for God or anything at all. And when I was sitting, I actually got tricked into going to a church service. It was a great Christian trick that, you know, like I'm sitting in the back of this youth gathering and the preacher preached and that didn't really wow me out. So I'm not planning to wow you out this morning too much either. But I'm sitting at the back and there was, and it was as people began to sing. I'm, I'm loving you right now. Hey. I think, you know what, if you're still rocking it right now, that's beautiful. That's what you should be like. Okay. So um, I'm at the back. Don't have any. I went there looking for money, drugs, and girls, and I didn't find any money, and there was no drugs. There was some girls, but they didn't really want to go near me because I had a mullet back then. Does anybody know what a mullet is? It's an Australian term. It's a beautiful thing. And uh, you know, uh, trust me, I know it's hard to believe right now. This is judgment from the Lord. Like, but, um, but <laughs> like I was at the back and I didn't, I didn't want to have anything to do with this sort of stuff. But as people began to sing and worship genuinely from their heart, um, I was standing at the back and I still remember it. I was 17 years old and it was like seeing all 17 years of my life just flash before my eyes. And I saw all the sin and all the evil and all the stuff in my life. But it was like looking at it through, the, through someone else's eyes. It was like God showing me how he saw it. And he didn't judge me. He didn't condemn me. He didn't, you know, put guilt on me. What he said to me was almost like an audible voice. And he said this, and this is the words, and it's kept me from, now, from then till now. And he said, I love you as you are. Ah, now come. And so for me, it's been a continuous journey over 20 years of continuing to come to him so that I can be changed. Amen? Just look at your neighbor and say, keep going. Keep going. Keep going. Psalm 98. Let's go there. Um, anything I say that is not theologically correct, Tara, this is, I don't know if this is recording, but Tara, you can fix it when you get home. Um, 98, Psalm 98 says, Sing a new song to the Lord. I'm going to read the whole thing. For he has done wonderful deeds. His right hand has won a mighty victory. His holy arm has shown his saving power. The Lord has announced his victory and has revealed his righteousness to every nation. He has remembered his promise to love and be faithful to Israel. The ends of the earth have seen the victory of our God. Shout to the Lord, all the earth. Break out in praise and sing for joy. Sing your praise to the Lord with the harp, with the harp and the melodious song, with trumpets and the sound of a ram's horn. Make a joyful symphony before the Lord, the King. Let the sea and everything in it shout His praise. Let the earth and all things join in. Let the rivers clap their hands in glee. Let the hills sing out their songs of joy before the Lord. For the Lord is coming to judge the earth. He will judge the world with justice and the nations with fairness. Amen? We can go home now. We can go home now. No, you like, look, have you ever felt overwhelmed by all the crazy chaos and evil and messed up stuff that's going on in the world? Who's ever felt like that? Sometimes you just open the paper and it's like, man, it's just right there. It's like the, there's all the time, you just on, there's an onslaught of information coming through our minds 
with all the different things that are going on in the world. And as you watch all these things taking place on earth, it's easy to become overwhelmed by it. And let alone in the earth, sometimes just even in our own backyard, in our own personal lives, there can be all sorts of things going on. Can I get a witness in here? Who's got some crazy happening right now in their life? Don't be embarrassed. Amen. Just don't look at, don't look at anyone. <laughs> no, look, we all do. Okay, we, we all have different stuff going on in our lives, me included. I've never felt like quitting more in my life than this year. Never have I felt such pressure on me as a, as a husband, as a dad, as, you know, as, a, as a, uh, a minister, as a leader, wanting to just check out of it. So it's too hard. Let's give it up. Have you ever been there? Can I be real in this Presbyterian church this morning? No, I know you're not Presbyterian. I'm just joking. I don't know what this church is, but it's good. Okay, so how many of you have ever felt like that before? Listen, if you're human, you probably have. Okay, no one escapes it. No one just gets a free ticket to keep sailing through life with nothing going wrong. And if you are, I'd probably suggest that you are avoiding a whole bunch of stuff God is probably trying to get you involved in. Remember what I said, comfort can kill us. And God is not interested in our comfort as much as he is interested in conforming us to the image of his son. That is his whole aim, that we would be representatives of him in the earth. You know, life's difficulties have a way of like um, seeking to destroy and suffocate the song of heaven in us. That verse, as I was reading through that entire section of scripture the biggest thing that stuck out to me amongst a whole bunch of other stuff was that first statement sing a new song to the lord everybody say sing a new song sing a new song to the lord and um you know he one of the things the enemy loves to do and one of his greatest strategies is to take our eyes off what god is doing and get us to focus on what's going on like as far as the, the the craziness of the world and you know we have to lift our eyes up as it were you know that the a new song comes from us getting a new gay a, a new gaze upon god if you want to sing a new song we have to see god afresh we have to gaze upon him and gaze upon what he has done because when you look around in your circumstances, when you look around in life, it's very easy for our gaze to get fixed on things that are here instead of fixing our gaze on things that are above. And I'm not saying that what's here is not important, not relevant, not, not something we need to take care of. But what I am saying is that in order to deal with this, we need to get a better view of him. Some time ago, I was, in a, um, I was in a meeting and I went home after that meeting. And during a time of prayer, um, God speaks to me quite visually. And so, you know, through th- thoughts and visions and pictures. And, and so I was just meditating on the Lord and just lying on my bed. And I saw a picture of myself with God walking hand in hand. And in my hand... I had a bag, like a little bag that I was holding. It wasn't big. It was small enough for me to carry. But I was like a kid. 
And, and God was massive, you know, he's huge. And I had my hand in his hand, and I'm looking at his face, and he's smiling, and he's all good. And my hand's in his hand, and I'm good, and I'm walking. How many of you know God still talks today? Hello, about two of you. So how many of you know God still talks today? Okay. Um, and so as I'm looking at this vision and having this moment, as I'm walking with God in this picture, I would, start, I would look at the bag. Every so often I, we were walking, I'd turn and I'd look at the bag that I was holding in the other hand. When I looked at that bag, the longer I stared at it, it started to grow. And I, I, I would look at it for a moment and it grew a little bit and then I would turn my face and look back at God and then the bag would shrink back to the size that it was. But after a while, I took my face off his gaze, off his face, off his hand, and I kept looking at this bag. And I looked at it longer and longer. Guess what the bag kept doing? Growing and growing. And it got bigger and bigger and bigger until it got to a point where I let go of his hand and I used both hands to try and carry the bag. And I took my eyes from his face, from his hand, and my hand out of his hand and started to pick up this bag. And then I snapped out of this thing and I said, Lord, what's that bag? It's called the weight of responsibility. It's all the responsibilities that you have and so many of my people have. And what they think is that if they just try hard enough, they'll be able to hold it. They'll be able to carry it by themselves. But instead of keeping their eyes fixed on me and, fi and their hand in my hand, what he was saying is that your perspective changes. When our, when our face, and that's why I said we need a new gaze to sing a new song, when I look at his face, when, I, when my hand is in his hand, the bag of responsibilities that I have, that you have in everyday life. Does anybody have responsibilities in here? Yes, yes, I hope you do. And we, we, we can't carry. He said your perspective to carry what, you're caught, what you need to carry will change and your energy will be different when you are looking at me and you are walking with me. Does that make sense? We need to have a fresh gaze of God in our life. Ooh, there's a... This is a hazard here, Father. <laughs> I'm surprised. If I had high heels, mate, that would have been a goner. I'm telling you right now, not that I wear them. Um, so anyway, um, yeah, new song comes from a new gaze. There was a gentleman by the name of Richard Smallwood. He's a gospel artist, very renowned in America. I'd never heard of him, but as I was thinking about this stuff with our song, you know, and singing a new song, you know, he had an incredible... Uh, journey of life and worship and praise people like people renowned gospel artists like Shaka Khan uh, Whitney Houston uh, Destiny's Child all these big gospel art you know no they're, they're not gospel artists but like all these different singers would pick up his songs and write and he's written and written for years years and years and years now Richard Smallwood go look him up um, I don't listen to his music but I was just looking through this stuff and basically what captivated me about this gentleman's story is that no one knew, no one knew about this private battle that this, this songwriter had. Okay? 
And it says that for years, this gentleman had struggled and fought thoughts of depression and suicide. And he couldn't, he couldn't write, a, 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 he, he, he found himself asking God, where is healing in my life? Like I said before, life has a way, if you're not careful, to knock the song of God right out of you. Right out of you. And you don't even realize the song is gone. You don't even realize that that, that once buoyant, childlike faith has been eroded you know what we call it as we get older? We call it wisdom. We call it being sophisticated, being intelligent. I don't know about you, but when I, when, when I encounter him, I want to be able to encounter him in a way that makes me rapturous with praise. Like that verse, like that whole psalm exclaims, the earth, the earth is shouting out his praise. The earth. I'll tell you, like I said, when I, when I went to Uganda, I sobbed my heart out. I did not realize how spiritually tired and dry I was until I walked into that room. I'm telling you, it was electric, and they had none of this. It was hot as hell. <laughs> Maybe hell's a bit hotter, but it was hot. And I, but I'm telling you, nothing stopped them from going for it and just praising with every fiber of their being. We need that in the church today. I'm telling you, like I said, we work with a lot of broken kids, a lot of broken families. You know what the world is waiting for? Is people that actually reflect this Christian life the way the Bible talks about it. Yeah. Now, I'm not saying everything in the Christian journey is easy, by, not by a long shot. No, there's some crosses to bear. But I tell you what, the Bible says that for the joy set before him, Jesus endured the cross. Let me ask you this question. Are you known for the joy you carry? When people encounter you, do they encounter a, a, a stiff lip, gherkin-eating pickle juice Christian or are they actually encountering somebody who's got some life I'm serious listen I said this in chest the other day to, to Nathan because I heard somebody else say I said a statement was if it's not fun it's not God and I thought well the cross ain't fun so let's just hold up there but there is this other part of following Christ that the Bible says that we can have a joy, we can have a life in us and a song in us. And you know what? Some Christians, some churches even, mate, if you are on the radio, I'll be dialing your, I'll be changing the frequency. Mm. <laughs> do people want to change the frequency when they're listening to you or do they want to tune in? Do they want to keep hanging around? Yeah? Just look at your neighbor and say, it's all right. He'll be done soon. <laughs> oh, I love it. 
This guy, Richard Smallwood, he said something, this songwriter. He said, because his, his songs have gone all over the world. And one of the things that he said, he said, it's songs of pain actually last. Like I said, joy is something that is there. But you know what? You can't have joy without suffering. You can't have glory without suffering. You can't have victory without a fight. Hello? Yeah? You've got to go through these things. But he, and, and he, he was saying that, you know, songs of pain, they make a difference. He said, my prayer has always been, give me songs that last. I want my songs to last after I'm gone. You know, when you're with people, what sort of impression are you leaving on them? What sort of song is coming out of you wherever you go? Yeah? What's the song coming out of you? You know, the, the truth is, is that there, there is evil in this world. Yeah? You only have to turn on the news or you know, look in the paper and you can see. There's a lot of crazy stuff that's going on in the world today. But evil doesn't need to steal our song. And I know in a room even this big, people can have experienced all sorts of atrocity, abuse, all sorts of issues that are very real and very destructive. But even then, the evil doesn't need to steal the song of God's victory for us in our life. Can I get an amen? Can I get a Pentecostal amen? Oh, Father. Sorry, I'm just... I don't know what denomination I am anymore. Uh, <clears throat> you know, our praise has to be built upon His promise of His unfailing grace and goodness. And in the midst of suffering and injustices in this world, our praise is built upon His victory already won once and for all in Christ. I don't know about you, but when I think about Jesus, when I think about what He's done, when I think about what He has finished, finished, I can take comfort. I can draw from that place yeah because if i was trying to withdraw or make withdrawals on my circumstances or you were trying to make withdrawals upon the constant shifting sands of your life yeah you you might come up short but we can never come up short when we're looking at christ i said we can never come up short when we're looking at jesus uh, I, I hang on wait, i just come over here so i said we can never come up short when we're looking at jesus he is the ultimate fulfillment of all that God came to do. And He has given to us. He said, I didn't, he did, listen, He didn't say, I came to give you church and church more abundantly. He said, I came that you may have life and life more abundantly. And I can tell you right now, there's a lot of people who are looking for that life, including in the church. And the song of heaven is crying out, inviting people into this life. Jesus' song. The victorious song. Hey, come in here. Come and eat. You who have no money. You who have nothing. Come. Yeah? That was me. I'm telling you right now, I should have been dead. But not if it were not for him, I would be, I would be gone. But thank God. We have, the Bible says, a hope 
of glory that we can have within us, and that's Christ. I mean, I'm preaching to the choir, I, I, I'm guessing, but sometimes the choir needs some help. Amen. So, you know, sometimes we're, we're living in a juxtaposition of faith and fear and pain and promise. Sometimes you feel like faith and doubt are living in the same, having a cup of coffee with you. And Anybody been there? In the same kitchen? <laughs> and, the, and, and your song can be like, it's hard to hear it. But, you know, one of the things that is important is that while there's joy and there's victory and all these different things, something that I think that we need to, um, that I feel isn't an opposite, I feel it actually contributes to it and helps us, is, is, is the practice of lament. Who knows what I'm talking about? To lament. If you look through the scriptures, you look through David's life, you look through so many of the different Old Testament characters, you look even through the life of Jesus, there's these moments of lament. And lamenting is something that the church has lost an art form with. For, for me, I, I, you know, you can go and break it down theologically, get Nathan to do it for you, but, or maybe Richard. But the lamenting to me is where I can bring Everything that I am, no edits. All my pain, all my anger, all my fears, my disappointments, my discouragement, and I can, I can vocalize it to him without hiding any of it. And part of us getting a new song is not only just gazing upon a new, uh, getting a new understanding of God in that sense that we look at him, but also part of us getting a new song in our heart is by letting go of an old one. And lament lets us, gives us the permission to express what is what, and letting it go so it doesn't hold us. Does anybody understand what I'm saying? Who's been through some pain in here? Who's been through some suffering? Who needs prayer for some? No, I'm joking. I don't want to pray for you for that. <laughs> you know, <laughs> Come up, we've got an altar call for pain and suffering. If any of you came up, then I would be sort of weirded out. But lament, like I said, lament is this thing where we can bring everything to him. So while our hearts may ache, our mouths can still sing. Have you ever been there? I've been there many times. Our hearts can ache, but our mouth can still sing. Lament is a very important thing. Um, Aubrey Sampson, she, she's a writer. She wrote, If we never acknowledge our pain to God, we will never truly know what it means to sing a new song on the other side of suffering. And every lament is like an invitation to God for our heart. So that even while, like I said, a song of injustice or horrible evil may still surround us, God's song of victory, as this psalm shouts to us, is louder. Um, Aubrey Sampson, lady I was just quoting, writes in her book, The Louder Song. Great book, by the way, if you want to get something that's very real. The Louder Song by Aubrey Sampson. She says that she basically had an experience where she was going through a really 
difficult season in her life, a difficult time of grieving, and she was, she went to a concert. Now, <laughs> when you go to a concert, you're sort of hoping to have a good time, I think, I think. Um, and it was a, a music concert, and so she goes to the concert. She's going through a lot of stuff. She thinks this is going to be great. She sits in there with her friend. She's in the middle of Chicago, and all of a sudden, the, the lights start to flash, and the Visuals start to come up on the screen and they're visuals of crazy atrocities and, and horrible things that have been happening in the world. And as these visuals are playing on the screen, a choir stands up at the front and starts to sing a very low sort of dirge sort of song, like a really low, almost um, uh, like a lament sort of a song. And she's like, oh, man, I can't take that. <laughs> I need to get out of here. But what she didn't know is that at the same time, in the crowd, so in the seats, was another choir. And as she's sitting there, this other choir then all of a sudden, as this choir at the front is singing the lament, this other choir starts to stand up and starts to sing. And they start to sing a praise oriented song a lifting song and that song that was happening around her became louder than the song that was in front of her and she realized at that moment that there is a louder song and God spoke to her out of that space that he did not want us and I want to encourage us in here today that we don't need to hide from pain we don't need to run from it we don't need to try and suffocate it, push it down, or act as if it isn't there. And God's not inviting us to do that. No, God's saying, hey, no, listen, there is that stuff in the world. But you can sing a new song because the song that I have that's around you is louder than the song that's in front of you. And I pray, my prayer for you today is that you can sing a new song. And why? Why can we sing a new song? I'm glad you asked. Why can we sing a new song? Because as the psalmist says, look at it. He goes through like copious amounts of verses, right up and right, right to verse um, nine. He says, "Sing a new song, shout to the Lord, announce His victory." All of these different things that He's instructing and He's encouraging us to do. And then it says, "Why? Why?" He says, "Because the Lord is coming to judge the earth." The Lord is coming to judge the earth and He will judge the world with justice and the nations with fairness. Justice and fairness. Can I tell you something? That is so encouraging. The fact that's why we can sing. Because Jesus is coming. God is coming and He will judge the world with justice and He will judge the world with fairness. And guess what? You and I are part of administering that same justice and that same fairness in the earth. Listen, if you're going through a tough time, can I tell you something? Don't abandon your song. Do not retreat from that song. I tell you what, that song will keep you in the midst of the, of the furnace. I'm, I'm telling you now. And I don't know what, like I said, I don't know everybody in here, but can I encourage you, do not abandon the song of heaven over your life, around your life. I'm telling you, this is the time to sing. 
Some of you, I'm encouraging you prophetically. Now, your voice has been quiet. Things have tried to suffocate the voice of God in your life. They've tried to suffocate the song of heaven in your heart. And I'm telling you, today is the day. Sing a new song. Sing a new song. Look at God afresh. That's why we can sing. That's why we can take heart in the midst of a fiery furnace. Now, maturity doesn't come through comfort. It comes through the fire and the heat of trials. Yeah? If you want to grow in your Christian life, comfort is not the place to do it. Yeah? There's work to be done. There's justice and fairness that's waiting to be meted out all over this area of Joondalup, all through our city. Guess who's God's calling to do it? Us. We are a manifestation of His justice and fairness in the earth currently and in the ultimate in the age to come. He will fulfill it all. But we only have this opportunity now to be that for Him and with Him. Not out of guilt, not out of some religious obligation, not out of duty, out of that song. Yeah? Out of that song. Is this helping anybody this morning? hope so. It's helping me. I don't know about you. <laughs> but no, I, I genuinely um, want to encourage you to allow the song of heaven to be louder in your heart. Because when you sing and when that song comes out of you, I like what David says. He says it like this. He says, the humble will hear it and they'll be glad. One of the, one of the reasons why the enemy constantly works at trying to attack our heart is to steal that song. The Bible says God inhabits the praise of his people. When we sing, when you sing, he's in it. He fills it. What are you singing in your life right now? What is the song that you are singing? Is it the songs that he's saying? Or is it an old song that needs to change? Like I said, we're part of displaying God's victory and fairness and justice in the earth. And that's not only just through our lips in praise, but it's also through our hands in service to the forgotten, the lonely, and the outcast. And you've got a church here that does that really, really well. Better than most. Amen. You should look at your neighbor and say, we're doing all right. We're doing all right. time to sing a greater song let me read that psalm one more time psalm 98 think about what you're singing think about the song that's been playing and if it doesn't match change the song switch the 
switch the track. Unsubscribe from Spotify and subscribe to this. Close your eyes for a minute, would you? Just I want you just to whatever struggles, whatever things have been happening, whatever is currently going on in your life, God already knows. He already knows and he is not absent from your struggle. He's not absent from your pain. He's not absent from the issues or the mountains that seem insurmountable that are in front of you. But he invites us to do one thing. To look at him and to sing. Sing a new song to the Lord. For he has done wonderful deeds. His right hand has won a mighty victory. His holy arm has shown his saving power. The Lord has announced his victory and has revealed his righteousness to every nation. He has remembered his promise to love and be faithful to Israel. The ends of the earth have seen the victory of our God. Shout to the Lord all the earth. Break out in praise and sing for joy. Sing your praise to the Lord with the harp. Sing with the harp and the melodious song. With trumpets and the sound of the ram's horn. Make a joyful symphony before the Lord, the King. Let the sea and everything in it roar and shout His praise. Let the earth and all living things join in. Let the rivers clap their hands in glee. Let the hills sing out their songs of joy before the Lord. For the Lord is coming to judge the earth. And He will judge the world with justice and the nations with fairness. Father, I thank You today. I thank You for every single one of these, Your precious sons and daughters who are seated before Me, kings and queens in Your court. Father, I pray today, God, that the justice and fairness of your promise would become their answer, would become their portion. Father God, where there has been trouble, where there has been calamity, where there has been pain and evil and all forms of suffering, God, I pray, Father, that your song would rise up inside of their soul, that they would know afresh your goodness and your gaze upon them. For your intention towards them is good to do them, to give them a future and to give them a hope. There is nothing too hard for you, Father. And today, Father, I proclaim and declare miraculous changes, miraculous answers, Father, to come into the lives of every single one of these people that are needing and desiring and seeking after you, Father. I thank you that your word says you are a rewarder of those who diligently seek you. And so, Lord, I bless them today. Father, I bless their homes, their families, their businesses, their, their occupations. And Father, I ask, God, that not only would they experience your justice and fairness in their own lives, Father, they would experience what it means to be stewards and displays of that same justice and fairness wherever they go. And Father, today, I ask with all my heart, O oh Lord, that the song of heaven, that that new song would be louder in them today when they leave. Lord, that the song of heaven would be louder in their minds, in their body, in their spirit, 
when they leave this place. I thank you for a dramatic shift, God. Weights, anxieties, concerns, insecurities break off people's minds, break off people's lives right now. Father, I just thank you for this church. I pray for Duncan and Tara and for the team that are leading in this space. Father, I thank you for a fresh song in their hearts. I thank you, Father God, for a song of victory and hope and joy and life. Father, to resound out of this house in a fresh way. And Lord, I just bless this sanctuary. May it be filled with your glory. In Jesus' name, we pray and we give you all the praise. Amen. Amen. God is good, yeah? Amen. Look at your neighbor and say, sing, would you? And so once again, let us celebrate today. Because communion isn't just about remembering. It is actually about celebration. In the first century, they were called agape feasts, love feasts, about the people coming together to celebrate what the Lord has done. Ultimately, in and through Jesus, ultimately through his death and resurrection, a celebration of what he did, a celebration of what is God's, God is doing in the midst through his people, by the power of the Spirit, and also a celebration of what is to come. This is our celebration meal. This is our celebration meal. This is good news that in a very tangible way that what is on the surface just looks like a bit of, bit of cracker and a bit of grape juice can actually be a sign for us, something that transforms us, something that transfigures us, that even as we take it, something new is birthed in our lives. And that is a new song, a song of what Jesus has done, is doing, and will do. And so this is the table not of the church, but of the Lord. It is made ready for those who love God and for those who want to love God more. So come, you who have faith and you who have little, you who have been here often and you who have come for the first time, you who have tried to follow Jesus and you who have failed to follow Jesus, Jesus and, and you who have just decided to follow Jesus today, come, let Nothing keep you from love's feast. Let nothing, nothing empty this table of its power. Leave judgment behind and receive mercy. Leave indifference behind and receive mercy. Leave now if necessary. Go and be a forgiver, then run back. Because it is the Lord who invites us. It is God's will. For those who desire Christ by the power of the Holy Spirit would come and encounter him here today. So come. If you're willing and able, let us stand as we close the service today. We're going to finish with our benediction. So hopefully that pops up on the screen. Let's read this together. Church, we come as we are but we are sent out not the same. Sanctuary, he speaks over us a new name to bless and rebuild this city. So we go, broadcast good news for the poor. Let the blind see, 
set free the oppressed, live jubilee, let it be in his liberating grace that pardons and empowers sinners like us to participate in God's kingdom of mercy. And everyone said, Amen. Thank you everyone for coming today. Be blessed. Say hi to somebody. Go in peace and love and serve the Lord. Amen. Amen.